turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with a latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Like a freaking fracking weather girl. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know. I got to. Amazon Prime is coming to Apple TV 4K. Why do you care? Well, okay, I just lost all the excitement. You should know better because they're bringing 4K shows that Amazon has been videoing and making for a couple years now. And Netflix does the same exact thing with their Stranger Things and other TV shows. They're bringing high-quality images to your high-quality television, which at this point in time, Comcast just can't do. So I'm excited by that. What else am I excited by? The point of sale is changing ever, ever again and again and again and again. And what does that mean? The point of sale... Facebook is going to take food delivery orders directly on its website. And this isn't like, you know, Ma and Pa Grill. This is Facebook. They're doing it right. They know they have your attention. And while you're sitting there looking at that videos of cats who can do ninja moves, they've got services like DoorDash that are going to bring foods to you from Chipotle Mexican Grill. Five guys. Facebook's been working on a new product this year with carry-out tests in restaurant locations, including Papa John's. The point of sale is changing, and that's why you have to own companies like Facebook. When breaking news hits, people go to Instagram, people go to Twitter. That's why the point of information is changing. That's why companies like Comcast and CBS are in trouble. I don't have a call screen up if, if this is a person of importance. Uh, tell Craig to wait. Because I'm on fire. I've been shot out of a cannon. Cannon fodder, that is, of course. I just want to wait ever so Thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo! So the point of sale used to be things like, you know, now when it comes time to buying stuff, you go to Amazon. Uh, there's big fires in Napa. Big fires in Napa equal uh, uh, pollutants in the air, right? So I pull out the old air filter, which I haven't pulled out in a while. 
and I go to Amazon, I get my air filters. The point of sale is no longer necessarily get in the car, get in the truck, go in Home Depot. I went and got in the truck, I went to Home Depot, and guess what I found? All the air filters were sold out! So had I done my first instinct of get on Amazon, I would have had the, the filter. And that pisses me off, because the point of sale is now changing. It's Facebook. It's Netflix. Um, it's Alexa. Alexa, Amazon wants, they'll give you 20 bucks off if you go, Hey, Alexa, buy me an air filter. Anyone who's listening at home right now, Alexa's like, I'm buying air filters, right? Sorry, Dave. I know. I'm afraid I can't do that. But it's changing. And that's why you have to look at Amazon. And that's why you have to look at Netflix. Uh, The way we consume and the way we shop is changing. I used to hate, I used to dread. You remember that that thing of guys going to the mall? Their wife going, hey, honey, let's go to the mall on Saturday. And guys would be like, no, there's college football on. But... I love you. Special time. And like, oh, oh, okay. And then the guy gets there and like literally wants to drink. He wants to drink while he's shopping. He's so unhappy. So now to get a Macy's shirt, you just go to Amazon and get a Macy's shirt. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Tesla's recalling uh, their Model X, 11,000 Model X SUVs, and the company is leading the industry in recalls as the way they do it and the way they do it fast. <laughs> Tesla's been dogged by seat problems with its SUV ever since the vehicle launched in 2015. The company's struggling to ramp up production on its Model 3 sedan, but failing to meet, uh, meet its own expectations. The seat issue with the X suggests that the 3 could be enforced similar quality control issues. This is a big issue, and yet Tesla's handling it the complete correct way. Good for them. Brand shoppers, like millennials, will reward them long time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, who's on the phone? Craig. Craig, how are you? Great. Rob, I appreciate what you do. Love your show. Jesus, man. Um, just don't, don't kill the momentum. Hey, a couple questions for you. First, I'm interested in what percent of a person's investments you think should be in a retirement account versus traditional savings or traditional brokerage. Okay. And uh, then the second question is, can you tell me your thoughts on a company called MyMedics, ticker symbol MDXG? I'm interested in how you look at a company like this, how you break it down so quickly. Okay, you're going to have to wait to the break on that one because I want to take okay. a look at it. It's MyMedics and the ticker symbol is what? MDXG. Okay. Um, as far as what percentage should be in your retirement account, I, I put it at a different level. I start to prioritize. Uh, first and foremost, do you have an emergency fund? I do. Okay. Do you feel comfortable right with it? Right now, currently, my wife and I both max out. She, Her company doesn't have Roth. My company does, and we both max those out. But I feel like we're to the point where we're getting heavy in Good. retirement. How old are you? Maybe I should start. I'm 42. Okay, and how much do you have? Uh, about 700. And ha- is that with her too? That's with her too. Yeah. Okay, that's a great number. And anything coming in retirement? Any inheritance plans? No, neither of us. Are you going to be big spenders or small spenders in retirement, or maybe a combination? Uh, I'm pretty thrifty. I'm very much like you. My wife is more of a spender. Okay. Uh, but our house will be paid for. We, I've got it on a 15-year fixed. We're over halfway through that. Uh, we do have two children. I'm working on 529s. Good. They're not fully funded yet. But. 
Yeah, and they're young children, obviously. Yeah, four, or sorry, six and eight. Okay, congratulations on that. Those are great ages. The six is still kind of a toddler. The eight's starting to become more of a man, and that's a good combination. Um, yeah. As far as what you have, is your emergency fund okay? It is. Um, it, we're not quite at six months. We're at more than a four-month marker. Uh, this year I did an addition. I have uh, three rental properties, nice. and that sucked some of our funds. But that should come back quickly through the, um, the rentals, just having them replenish some of that. And the rentals, they're not too much of a headache for you. They're going pretty smoothly. You're generally got people. No, I've had them for almost 15 years now. And they're, they're going, you thumbs up. Is there equity in them? A lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, for Michigan. No, I, <laughs> one I of those middle state guys. totally yeah. understand that. I've got a place in um, uh, North Carolina that I kind of wish I would have bought 10 of them <laughs> in hindsight compared yeah. to San Francisco and the Bay Area where I could buy one of them. Um, I think you're doing great. It sounds like uh, you've got a good head on your shoulders. Uh, I, I wouldn't throttle back on the 401k yet. I, you know, maybe focus okay. a little bit more on the Roth because you can take that money okay. out whenever you want to because uh, you've already paid taxes on it. So that, that'll give you a little more flexibility that you may be looking at versus tying it up. I like having extra money in the retirement because keep in mind, you're on track to generate 1.4, 2. 2.8, um, about Three and a half million dollars before you retire, and that's about eighty thousand to a hundred and twenty thousand per year, maybe a little okay. bit more in income, so off the retirement accounts, and that's probably enough, especially in Michigan, especially with a guy who's on a budget, and especially with some social security coming in and adding a little extra. But okay. there's there's no harm paying yourself a little bit more in retirement, and like you know, being the greatest grandfather on the earth or the the best father after the years of yeah. struggling and keeping things down. I. You know, if you want to drop me an email, Craig, I'll take a better look and not give you a flip answer in two and a half minutes on radio. You can email me, Rob at Rob Black Show, Rob at Rob Black Show. I'll ask a couple more questions, and I'll, I'll flush it out a little bit more for you. Um, but I think you're doing great. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Talk to me. Talk to me. Craig from Michigan called in and he had a good question about when should I take the break off investing my 401k and my 403b, my Roth, and he's got a great option because he has the Roth and the 401k that him and his wife are funding. And I would say at this point in time, at the age of 42, it's a great age, and he's got kids who are a great age. Make sure you enjoy the kids and you don't work too hard and have a heart attack and die. I'd set up some term life right now because you're starting to get to those years, the next couple of years, where you may kick over and die. And you're probably going to be as healthy as you are at this point in time. After this, at any point in time, when you have a miniature stroke or when you have a miniature heart attack or when you have high cholesterol to the point that you get prescribed uh, cholesterol-lowering drugs, you're, you're screwed. Your, your life insurance opportunities start to get smaller and smaller. 
term life, make sure you get an extra million, and that'll cover your salary from age 42 to 60, roughly. And if you're saying, but Rob, I make a lot more, then get two million, million and a half. It's not that expensive if you're preferred uh, high-rated non-smoker. So, and if you're 30 pounds heavy, lose weight, get your term life, and then you know get as fat as you want after that. I don't care. Term life insurance agents just went through the roof on me on that one. Um, but he did great, and you have to go back and listen to the last segment to get some other you know advice and context uh, that, that's you know wildly out of context for you and it's out of context for him because i don't know him terribly well i didn't ask him are you 300 and a smoker um i didn't ask in michigan it very well could be so in the midwest the flyover states they make them big and a lot of their ears are still attached to their bodies and when i say ears attached to the bodies that means like darwin hasn't come to visit the middle part of the country yet so the detached earlobe is a sign of intelligence and evolution. The attached earlobe to the head is a sign that you're more cow-like. You're darn tootin'. So you're your bovine. In Michigan, <laughs> Michigan accents, oddly enough, sound like Minnesota accents to people out on the coast. Darn so, and, uh, you know, the Roth is great because his wife, I think he said he's got the Roth, which means... The money that he puts in the retirement account now, you can skew that way since he feels that he has enough. Keep in mind, the market's at a high right now. So no disrespect to him, but if we go through a 40% correction and his 7401k comes down to like 50 he may go, oh, I wish I had more money to put in now. Absolutely. Um, but again, so you take a look at the emergency fund. You take a look at some term life insurance. You take a look at some other issues. Um, for instance, do you want to leave an inheritance? Do you have your kid's college funded? Do you have a kid with a special need? For instance, um, if your kid's not the brightest kid, but he's a great, you know, lover. And by that, I mean, like, he's like, mom, why do we eat cows? I don't want to eat cows. And like, if you start seeing like he's really sensitive, maybe he's going to be the one that wants to be a veterinarian or a school teacher. And your other kids, this like, pow, right in the face, dad, I'm going to kick you right in your, your doodads. Maybe he's going to be the investment banker and you don't need to set aside money for him per se as much as the one for the, the lover. I'm okay. I know you're saying, whoa, they make kids in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Yes, they do. That is an absolute truth. So I want to be the type of father that I want to leave a home to my kids on the coast and I want to leave enough of a trust fund that they don't have to work at a job that they don't feel comfortable at. That's my goal as a, you know, as a father. Now, for you, I don't know what it is. A lot of people are like, my mom, her goal as a mother was, I wiped poo-poo off your doodads. Otherwise, they would have rotted and fallen off. She, she's like, we're even. I don't know you college. I don't know you anything else. I'm like, mom, that's fair enough. You know, and she was a great mother, or she is a great mother. Oh, God, I just put my mom in the ground. Um, she used to, like, I'd come home in high school, and she goes, looks like you got some love bites on your neck. <laughs> I'm like, you're killing me, Mom. Batman. Love bites? Yes. Um, so I do love her. And uh, so, again, there's no right answer for him. I'd say think about some things that you're missing. Contact me, Rob at Rob Black Show, or CFP Chad Burton, Chad at NewFocusFinancial.com, and start answering some more questions. Get a little bit more done. The term life is the one thing that came up during the commercial break for me. The Roth is great because you can continue to fund it with after-tax dollars. And later in life, if you and your, your honey want to get in a great big RV and tour the country and, and hit 
you know, all the, the dumb monuments, like the biggest ball of yarn in the country. You can do that. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. He, my friend from Michigan, Craig, who listens on the podcast, which you can find at iTunes. Jeez, I'm going crazy out there at the lake. Uh, I can't oh, really, yeah? Yeah. I can't really talk to these people. They're coming too fast. Yeah, absolutely. And what, oh, were you doing yeah? Out the, yeah. what were you doing out at the lake? My advice is is that if your earlobes are attached and you're from Michigan or Minnesota, go fire up the Darwinian wood chipper and potentially <laughs> potentially jump on in. Oh, we just lost another Minnesotan. Jim Harbaugh, not long for the University of Michigan football, by the way. By the way, Michigan, awesome state. Uh, terribly underrated. It's a tech state. Now, again, it is a flyover state, and they got those great lakes, which, they're okay. I would have called them the okay lakes. Okay, but to answer his question on mimetics, because I've totally digressed, um, I don't know a lot about it, first and foremost. So my quick analysis of it is going to be that it's a mid-cap company. Um, so it's it's a real company. They're out of Georgia. I would go to M-I-M-E-D-X, uh, mimetics.com, and get an annual report sent to you and read it. It's good reading, and you won't get it by the weekend. Um, get a real copy, fire up the hot tub, and read it in the hot tub, maybe with a glass of wine next weekend. Uh, a little bit more, you'll read, when you read the annual report, I once was in love with a graphic designer, and they're really cool packages that graphic designers typically put together, and it tells you about the company's history. It's a letter from the CEO. It shows you, you know, what the company does and the exciting benefits of, of their product, but it also shows you who the competition, the risks are, and then there's some financial statements in it. Um, recently, Mimetics, ticker symbol MDXG, reported that the latest peer-reviewed clinical study of Mimetics dehydrated human aminim corian membrane allografts demonstrated significantly higher healing rates of Mimetics FFX. I don't know what that means. I don't know what an amnion corian membrane allograft is. Is that fair? That maybe I'm in over my head on this one? Expectations is to expand the company's flu. Not flu like achu, but vlu. As it almost grew, the insurance coverage for it by an additional 75 to 150 million annual revenue opportunity. Um, they had a study of 16 randomized 15 center clinical trial conducts to evaluate the efficacy of Epifix to moist wound dressings and multi-year compression bandages. I don't know how big of a market that is. That annual report is a good start. You can go to sec.gov and get the quarterly filings, the Qs. You can get the S filings, which are in between. I'll do a little bit more work on this because, again, it takes some time just to give you a quick snapshot. There's no quick snapshots. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I have the privilege of sitting next to CFP Chad Burton, a very longtime friend and partner. Uh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. He does a show here as well on KDOW. You can always find it at Apple iTunes and get a podcast. You can find him at Facebook, newfocusfinancial.com, and that's where he posts the radio show as well. So you can get a copy of it there. That's probably the easiest way to find it, newfocusfinancial.com or newfocusfinancial Facebook page. Uh, we'll take you straight there. Um, and for those who follow me, you should follow him because we do very different things. Um, there's some overlap, but not as much as you would think. So you and I do events, Chad, and if anyone ever wants to sign up for one, they can go to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up and there's a lot of information there. There's a lot of downloads. There's a couple of videos. Um, but one of the big concepts for me is retirement income. Because right now the job is the income. Yep. And in the end, you and I kind of had a discouraging conversation about this. Jobs are going away. Um, so. Well, I think this is going to be disrupted. I think it's, I mean, it's really hard to separate this because it's like you're going to hear about probably more muted GDP growth in the next several years okay because you know the idea of returning to three to four percent is going to be really tough to do but is that necessary when companies are making so much money overseas you actually have to look at global growth not just u.s gdp and jobs here even though it's going to be tough on the lower end jobs for those people if you have money to invest and you're investing aggressively right now and saving not just you know it's a matter what but just investing Mm -hmm. There's going to be ways to make a lot of money off those changes and those disruptions because companies that maybe are only growing their earnings by 3 to 5%, they're going to continue to be able to cut costs so their earnings might be growing much higher than that. So it's going to be, it could be great for stocks in the long run. I mean, we, we could only be a few years into a, what's the next bull market based on new ti- science and technology, artificial intelligence and all that coming together. Great for investors, tough on people that you know, are way behind on retraining something that's that they need to get into to be able to make money or invest. One of the companies you're talking about, without talking about it, is a company like an Apple, where they're going to obviously continue to automate, 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 and uh, their services is doing well. So people can live off the income if you have Apple stock. Um, so mm-hmm. stocks can pay you income, which is kind of what we're talking about here, income in retirement. Yeah. Um, your portfolio, do you still kind of... Buying the rule that you need at least a million to pay you forty thousand. Yes, and, and that's really really pushing the limits until you know interest rates on bonds increase. But I mean, if we go, if you're listening now and you're thirty or forty years old, even in your twenties, the happiest people in retirement, the ones that I see, are the ones that have positive cash flow, real estate, okay, always paying the money, right, right, managed by somebody else, so they don't have to worry about it. Sure. Um, and then they have a good chunk in dividend paying stocks right. that always increase their dividends. So that could be, uh, you know, two and a half, two point eight percent yield or right. so coming in. And then some income from like Social Security, other guaranteed sources. And they tend not to sell shares. They don't even they're not worried about bonds as much at a low interest rate environment because they have so much passive income coming. And stocks, if you buy stocks that continue to increase their dividend, when the market falls by you know, every seven to ten years, we get those twenty to thirty percent declines, which you should be buying more, not selling. Learn that lesson, right? And a lot of people don't; they still they'll sell at the bottom. 
But those stocks still increase their dividends even during the downturn. So you get paid to wait. And so you, you start to care less about the daily fluctuations or the monthly changes on your investment statements if you know that income's coming no matter what. And that's a great place to be in retirement so you can enjoy life versus worrying about what the balance on your statement is at the end of the month. In the end, there's states like California that are very expensive because of the income tax and the sales tax. Mm-hmm. Would that be a consideration that you would have, something you would talk about at a seminar, for instance, um, that people can sign up for at newfocusfinancial.com, get in for your radio code, Radio 25? Um, mm-hmm. Would you leave California? Um, I, th- I think people that have lived here for a long time and have a low property tax base, once they retire, if you do your income planning strategies right in terms of blending from your taxable accounts, your retirement accounts, and your Roth IRAs, the tax marginal or the effective rather tax rate that you pay even at the state level because of certain deductions and things mm-hmm. like that isn't as much as you might think. But if you are struggling to meet your income needs in retirement because you haven't saved enough and you know you're going to need to tap that equity in your house... Mm-hmm. And you know you're going to need to have to do that the next three to five years. I'd be pulling the trigger right now. And I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean the prices that you see here, absolutely unreal. I mean, I've got a low end home, but it's a high end price. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live way beneath my ways and means. But it's a thousand dollars a square foot right now. Right, and that's like Manhattan. And you're like, whoa, <clears throat> Manhattan's nice and lovely, and it's got some perks to a high paying jobs and such, but. Um, I haven't seen any price increase in the last two years. I've seen a decrease. And you see other markets that are increasing. Um, so maybe some low-end homes in the area. But what's a low-end home? You're taking a gamble and picking up a condo, and there's no shortage of condos in the world. I mean, it's when my test for do I want to be involved in real estate in the current market mm-hmm. is if, if I can put 20 to 30% down and get a traditional 30-year loan yep. on the rest – and pay a property manager to manage my mm-hmm. rent property. I don't want to have to find renters and do credit checks and all that garbage. Um, and they're going to pay. They're going to charge usually eight to ten percent of the income somewhere around in there. Unless you're in a vacation area, then it's like thirty percent. Right, right. Um, and then I've got you know net of my property taxes and everything else. If I can, you know, make sure that that's not negative cash flow. Yeah. Then okay, that's fine. Somebody else is buying that asset for me. And all I have to worry about is short-term vacancies where I might have to fund the mortgage for a while. Um, if that start, those numbers don't work anymore, I'm not going to be involved in that market. There might be some you know, construction flipping opportunities, but I'm a business owner and I've got four kids. I don't have time to do that. You know, that's what, not my job. <laughs> so, I hear you. And even that's kind of overblown now when you're getting multiple price offers on something that's kind of needs to be torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. Go travel and find some different areas. That's why so many people are living in the Northwest now and traveling to the Bay Area three days a week to work and then working from home two days a week. You know, a couple years ago, that same story was people were living in Vegas and flying to and from daily to the Bay Area. I can't. I hate Vegas. What do you hate about Vegas? I just, I don't like it. Okay. I need trees, water, and snow, and (laughs) seasons. They have have all those inside of, of casinos. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they do. you're right. They have even they even have New York inside one casino, so. and Paris inside another. Right, right. And it's fairly convincing. So it is kind of, especially after a few drinks. I'm like, wow, that's that is the Statue of Liberty. It's right there. Actually, in Vegas, it's the Statue of Bigotry. <laughs> it's just a slightly different version, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so you do an event called Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning. People can sign up for events that are coming up at 
newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things that I find fascinating in our industry is the word products. Mm -hmm. One of the things you go over is good and bad retirement products. Yep. Uh, What's a bad retirement product? Um, A bad retirement product is most of the time it's when you get into something that you think has certain guarantees, but you really don't understand it. And it comes with a lot of paperwork, um, giant, thick prospectuses, um, and periods of time where you can't get out of it. The, they're they're bad. They're horrible. You need a good financial plan has flexibility because there's no one right answer for every financial situation. It depends on your family, your risk tolerance, your you know all the traditional things that your advisors say. Um, but even the products that I like for retirement right now. Like no load annuities that are completely liquid, but they have a certain income guarantee for life. If we get a return to interest rates where I can ladder corporate bonds at five to six percent again, yeah. I will not like those products anymore. They'll be they'll be out of the the quiver, so to say. So, um, but until then, they're a good bond alternative. And so we talk about what are you know what is a bond alternative? Stocks that pay high dividends are never bond alternatives. REITs are not bond alternatives. It's got to have some sort of a principal guarantee or an income guarantee, depending on what your your goals are. Um, so some people have money that's set aside that's supposed to be the safe side of their portfolio. And the first thing you do, what is that money set aside for? Is it set aside for principal protection? Is it set aside for it's in case I go into a nursing home when I'm 80? Or is it I need income from this money that never goes away? And you know, most, most products sold by insurance agents. If, if somebody comes to you with financial planning advice and the first thing they do is show you a product run. Okay. And typically by showing you a product, they're showing you a glossy, uh, report or a glossy, you know, packet of information. Yep. I feel bad about product. Like even the station has some people that know that there's a financially savvy audience. Mm -hmm. So they will market to them and they'll say, you know, guaranteed 7% return. I'm like, you can't guarantee that. There's, you can't guarantee that. No, the the, the internal fees are huge um, in that. And so all it ever guarantees is once the account goes to zero, they'll continue to pay you. And so the likelihood of that happening, the insurance company knows, is very low. A 60-40 portfolio has never lost money over a 10-year period. So it, it, that's kind of what they play off of, and then they're getting fees along that entire period of time. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, the, my favorite people to hire, Rob, are yeah. people that get recruited by the Northwestern Mutuals or the Ameriprises of the world, and they go through the product sales training, Yeah, and they start to come to realize on their own that it's not the right thing to do in terms of where they want to go as a financial advisor, and then they want to go into the fee-only fiduciary world, but they still know about those things and when they're actually appropriate. Okay. Then they're really, they can end up being trained to be really good advisors. It's good stuff. Chad's got a slew, a crew of good advisors.
So I talked to that at college, and I was surprised by some... That I could speak like fluent French, and they didn't know a word of French. Or they knew a couple words, but it, it was that kind of shocking to me. And I think it's great, and that's why I did it, because you try to give life lessons, try to pass it forward, so to speak, of how to help people. Um, I truly have a daddy issue, and one of the things I want in the world to do is to help people, to please people, because I was never able to do that for my father. So I'm going through some things and like trying to give you some lessons here. Um, renting's okay. And, uh, you know, I know a person who's, you know, always rented rooms and she's never had a place to herself. Um, I guess at one point in time she was living with a boyfriend kind of thing. Um, and that's fine. That's a way of keeping costs down. And it's kind of a new reality that, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, 21 and on my own, it was like, ooh, I'm going to go to Circle Towers and get an apartment. And, I, you know, find a couple friends and he gets a room and I get a room and we get an apartment together and then you get your... First girlfriend, you're like, let's get a place together. And it's a lot of money. So it's one of the biggest costs you're going to have in your life is housing. Um, so paying out college loans was probably the number one question that they had for me. And it's funny because I typically, when I'm in this chair, I'll say, here's how you save for college. But when you talk to college kids, it's how do you pay off student loans. And I think you tr- you know, come up with a three- to five-year plan. If it's $20,000, you divide it by 36 months. You treat it like a mortgage payment. And uh, again, I know someone who came out of college with college debt, and what she did was her job basically covered her living expenses, and then she went to a bikini bar and danced. Um, I know two people that did this. One was not a bikini bar. One was a topless bar, and that's a little bit more... It's a little more what it is. But both of them would pull in 200 to $400 night cash which is like pulling in 300 to $600 if you had to pay taxes on it. That's not bad. And the one friend was like, you know, I just treat it like exercise. I don't have a gym. So I go in there and, you know, with a bikini bar, you, you shake it. And uh, she met a guy that she ended up dating for six years while at a bikini bar. I'm like, you, rule number one, never date, never date anyone that puts money in your G-string. Never, ever, ever, ever. And, uh... I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. But that was her way of paying down her student debt. So, and she did it fast and she quit. But what was funny was um, she was always tired. So she'd show up to work and she's like, I was up till one o'clock last night. And Ain't nobody got time for that. Anyway, so you come up with a plan and you attack it. And maybe you deliver pizzas, maybe you drive for Uber or something along those lines. Um, and you need just to avoid traps, financial traps, like I said, in your 20s. You're young and sexy, and your your body's wonderful. You don't need to fly to Miami to have, like, a, a sexy weekend. Um, and if you really want to have, like, a fantasy, just go to Best Western. <laughs> you know what I think of Best Westerns? I honestly feel like I'm, I'm stuck in, like, um, well, not just the ghetto, but, like, an urban jungle. It's kind of like an urban jungle. So I have that fantasy going, and I put I put the drums in the background and stuff like that. Exactly. So that's the advice on paying off college loans. Um, let's go through these real quick. Um, health insurance. This sucks. Um, a lot of kids in your 20s, you think you're invincible. And you have to, right now with the Obamacare or you know Trump care, whatever happens, health insurance, it's a good idea. It's a good idea because, for instance, when I was coming out of college, I went jogging one night and a bust opened my knee. I didn't have health insurance. Um, and I had to make a decision of, like, 
do I go into the emergency room? And when I went to the emergency room, I'm like, how much is, I didn't even go to the emergency room until like one of those primary care things that are open all night. I said, how much is it going to cost to stitch up my leg? And they're like, we can't tell you. And see, that's the number one, that's the number one most effed up thing about healthcare is that there's not a friggin' fragging menu of, of like services. Um, and you almost feel like you, if I had good insurance, you're going to bill twice. And if I have no insurance, you might skimp and, and do it the right way, right? And you, and you don't say that out loud because that's rude. Um, but it's really a good idea to have health insurance. And there's a good website for young people called younginvincibles.org, younginvincibles.org, and it'll help you figure out what sort of health insurance is out there and how to get it. Um, a couple other things that I should hit, because, again, I'm trying to go over some ideas for millennials. Um, credit. A lot of questions on credit. Um, credit's good. Credit's wonderful. Um, I've got two credit cards. Um, I get a lot of points with them. I pay it off every month. I'm able to look at my budget. I have them in my Apple phone. So if you charge, uh, let's say you and your sugar booger um, share a credit card. And I, I, try, on my ta- I get a text that says, you just bought $200 of Giants tickets. I'm like, $200 of Giants tickets? And then there's another one that comes through that says you bought $115 of tickets. I'm like, what's going, what's going on here? Am I taking everyone in the Bay Area to a Giants game? Certainly feels that way. But, yes, baseball games aren't cheap. He hits a screaming eyeball to center field. He hits another one to center field. Oh, that ball had eyes. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so credit, you know, payment history is super important. Here's what I said. Someone said, how do I get a credit card? Okay, you can go to bankrate.com. I would start with a secured card, and I'd call your mom and dad and say, for graduation, can you loan me a $1,000? And um, get a secured credit card. So they put $1,000 in the bank for you, and you use your credit card, and you pay it off. You link it up to your bank account, and you pay it off every month. And that one month where you make a mistake and, you know, spend $600 on baseball tickets and you can't pay it all back, it'll draw automatically from that $1,000. So, and that's a good way to start your credit going. Never, ever try not to have your credit ruined in your 20s. Um, Everyone I know has done that. They miss something. They mess something up. They forget a payment. They don't have stamps. They're like, oh, I'll get them tomorrow. And You can do it all electronically now, so there's really no excuse. Car insurance super important to have. Buying a car, always buy a two-year-old uh, car. Never buy new. Uh, disability insurance, when you have a job, it's super important. You should look into supplemental disability insurance. And life insurance, you don't need it until you're married or until someone needs your income. And then go with term life. That's the best life insurance you can get. That's what I tell college kids. I was